And welcome to a, another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom. On the show, a little bit later, we're going to talk about forgiveness, or at least weave forgiveness into the uh, program. But I want to start off with the world of TikTok has been turned upside down. Have you been affected by it? Well, apparently there was a deadline that was missed, negotiations that weren't agreed upon, but Universal Music has pulled the rights to a lot of songs, a lot of artists from TikTok because a rights agreement was not uh, signed. They couldn't agree on, I guess, the rights for the music. So Taylor Swift and Harry Styles among the artists and musicians whose music has been pulled from TikTok due to the contract dispute. So pretty much everybody woke up and their TikTok was a mess. Now, some more than others, I don't really spend a whole, whole lot of time putting a lot of content outside of my podcast stuff on TikTok. There's maybe a few other things I do. So a lot of my stuff is original content without additional music. And so just kind of scrolling through the feed, I found maybe five posts that were muted because of the songs being removed. And it gives you an option to to replace them. So I just replaced them and then I gave up because I really don't care. But for others, it's huge because it's their livelihood. They spend a lot of time and effort and energy creating this content. And so, yeah. It's a pretty big deal. In fact, one influencer posted on TikTok. She woke up and she was in a panic. She was upset. Tears were shed. And she doesn't know what to do. Then, of course, she spins it that she's not going to give up hope and that she's going to try to fix it or whatever. Because for this particular influencer, her entire three, four years of content pretty much evolved around one song. I'm not even sure what the song is. I would recognize it if I heard it, but I never bothered to even look up what it was. But all her content, or at least 90% of it, evolved around one song, and it has been removed. Therefore, her entire feed, as she says, is a wreck in shambles, but she's going to try to fix it. And so she posted this video sharing it, and again, I can sympathize because as someone who likes creative content, whether it be mine, whether it be others, whether it be just in support of people creating content, I'm all for it. And I can understand the work that goes behind it. I mean, outside this podcast, I've done videos, um, Sunday night brew where I put together like a a minute beer review. I've done that before. Uh, The beat goes on music moments and the beat goes on music, a music based thing. I've produced, you know, I made video content. And so, yeah, I can appreciate and understand people that put stuff out there. So, yes, there is that. But I also think through this whole thing, it is a good time for self-reflection and to check ourselves. Well, what do I mean by that? Okay, I understand that with social media, you can get paid and people are making decent money and people are making really good money and people are making significant amounts of money where this is all they do. They create their content. And 
without some of these songs and without some of these signature songs that these creators have made their own, it hurts their image, damages their brand. And so it becomes problematic. But I would again ask ourselves, maybe it's time that we check ourselves because the question comes down to this. What is our identity? Who does our identity lie in? Is our identity so much vested and invested in social media that without social media, would nothing? Are we defined by the clicks, the views, the likes? Maybe the number of followers? I mean, I get more so before than now, but I used to buy into that, wanting the clicks and the views and the followers. Gotten to the point now where there's a few people I enjoy following. Their content is usually content that is of them traveling. Or perhaps they live in another country, maybe over in Europe, Costa Rica, maybe in Europe. I mean, I know Costa Rica, South America, but Costa Rica, Europe, different places, you know, Scotland. um, You've got uh, France, but they travel about, okay? And so I enjoy their content, other places too, Germany, um, and there's some others. But it's fun to see what life is like other places. And for some of these people that I follow, they're not really influencers. They're just people that are putting stuff out there, a part of their daily lives. And so that's what I enjoy. But there are people that have been hit by this uh, music dispute. And so it's problematic for them. But again, where's your identity? Is your identity in this so that when the TikTok Armageddon hits that just happened, that we're panicking, we're freaking out, we're crying, we're distraught? Again, I understand money's involved. A livelihood's involved. It might also be kind of like getting laid off if we want to stretch it that far. Because again, people are making an obscene amount of money or just making money in general on social media. So it becomes problematic. So I'd ask you the question, what's your identity in? Is it something fallible as social media? Is it something as fleeting as social media? I mean, think about it. How many things have come and gone in our lifetime? Well, you look at MySpace. Wasn't Tia Tequila, I think was her name, wasn't she big in MySpace? Became a superstar, probably one of the first big social media influencer slash stars. Don't really know what happened to her, but MySpace went away. And then you had things like Periscope and others that have come and gone. And then there have been, um, you know, Facebook still around, obviously Instagram and TikTok came up and then there was a be real and then that went away because basically Instagram and TikTok kind of stole their idea or not really stole, but took it away from them. So things come and go. So are you invested, invested in things that are going to be short lived? What about climate change? Al Gore and John Kerry jet setting around the world, polluting the environment and the globe way more than you and I ever will as they preach to us how we need to save the environment. And so all these climate change activists, followers, are you invested? And is that your identity in climate change and saving the planet? Not that saving the planet is a bad thing, but again, is that your identity? And I'll get back to that in a minute. I'll circle back in a minute. But you have these people that their full identity is involved in worldly things. 
But what if your identity was in Christ? What if you have an identity that you're a Christ follower, someone who follows biblical principles? Then you would know that our self-worth and our value does not come from TikTok, likes, views, comments, followers, but that our worth comes from our creator, our savior. And we know that whatever happens here on earth, whether it be we have a TikTok crisis because the music that we used is gone, but we know that he's in control and we don't have to panic. Just like somebody working a normal job might get laid off. I mean, I've been laid off many times in radio and sure it sucks, but I've always known God to be in control and I've always landed someplace and I've never gone without. What is going without? Well, I've always had food. I've always had a place to stay. To me, that's what it's all about. Sure, you like nice things. We live in the Western world. So, you know, fun things, luxurious things, those type of like phones and computers and all these type of luxury items and things that we take for granted where other countries, it might be a commodity or might be something that is unattainable. I mean, when we think of people that are broke and have nothing, the people in America that are broke and have nothing have way more than people that have nothing in other countries. And so again, where's our identity? If our identity is in Christ, then we know that, yes, we should save the planet and do what we can because we're stewards and we should be good stewards of God's creation. But we also know that at some point God is going to return. When Christ returns, the old earth is going to be destroyed and a new heaven and a new earth will be created. So in essence, as John MacArthur once said, God's not going to treat this place very well when he comes back. He's going to destroy it. So again, not to say that we can't be good stewards of God's creation and take care of the planet, but it doesn't have to become our identity. It doesn't have to become who we are. It's what we do, possibly, but not who we are. So if your identity is in Christ, then we're responsible, responsible stewards of our talents, responsible stewards of creation, responsible stewards of people that we're in charge of. And so now that TikTok has gone nuts and turmoil and angst has taken over in that social media realm, and it's a little different than, because everybody has multiple, you know, platforms, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, and so on. And so if you lost one, as tragic as that is, because I've been locked out recently of Instagram and I wanted to post things and it becomes a little anxious get back in. Can you get back in? Did you lose all this stuff? So I understand it. But if you have other platforms, especially if you lose TikTok and you still have Instagram or Facebook, et cetera, you can just tell people, hey, you know, go here. And a lot of people do do that. They make known their backup accounts and other platforms. But when you lose music and your stuff goes mute, because there's nothing there and you actually see muted, 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 muted all the way down your feed. Yeah, that's going to be problematic. But again, if our identity is in Christ, then we know that this is a problem, but it's a short-lived problem and we can overcome it. Also, I guess we could say if you just have a creative mindset, 
you know that, okay, this is a problem. We have to overcome it. So instead of panicking, freaking out and all that, we need to change course. I think that's one thing the radio business taught me is that we need to change. If we're not changing and thinking of the next thing or being able to adapt to the next thing, then we've got problems. I remember when I first started in radio, it was records. It was reel-to-reel machines. It was cart decks. I know some of you don't know what a cart deck is, but it's a glorified eight-track tape player. And we went from that to computers. And so we had to adapt. And with that adaptation came lost jobs and other things, but also with that adaptation of computers and technology came the digital age. If you were in Detroit and you worked the car manufacturing line, right? What happened? They went from manual labor to now it's all automated and automation. And I've talked to people that have worked in Detroit for years, now retired. And those people that adapted to automation, maybe learn some technology, learn how to operate automated machinery, how to repair automated machinery. You know, they adapted, they survived. The old timers that didn't, they didn't. So again, that's kind of TikTok now, social media now. You got music rights. You've got all these things going on that are going to hinder you from being you on that social media platform. What are you going to do about it? First off, check your identity. If that's your identity, it's going to be a crisis. If your identity is in Christ, then your crisis isn't as big as you think it might be. But just something to think about. Is your identity going to be defined by God or by man? You know, another person that is being defined by her works is Cecile Richards. She is the former head of Planned Parenthood. Now, before you freak out, And before I say anything, and I forgot to write down which episode numbers the shows are. And the reason why I wanted to bring up the show numbers, because I wanted to direct you specifically, direct you specifically to these shows for further content and further information in case you hear something and you take it out of context or don't fully understand. Now, the conversation here isn't really going to be on abortion. It's going to be talking about Cecile Richards and some things going on with her and then go from there. But I've talked about it plenty of times. There are plenty of episodes in which we've talked about abortion, which we've talked about just the whole thing about it. And there's many complex issues. So if you hear something on here, instead of just taking it and running with it and not understanding what I'm saying, I encourage you to reach out, email two steps ahead podcast at gmail.com. TWO, two steps ahead podcast at gmail.com. On social media, like for example, Instagram, you can DM me. Instagram account is TWO, two steps ahead podcast. So anytime it comes to these type of issues where you automatically are one side or the other, and so you're going to turn your ears off or have blinders on, and you're automatically going to assume what's going to be said, I encourage you to stay tuned. And then I also encourage you to listen. And if there's confusion, misunderstanding, or something, you can reach out and you can just go to our website, radiowarp.com. You can click the logo, our shows are there, and you can kind of search for the shows. And again, I apologize. I wanted to bring out specific show numbers to direct you to them. But the point is, I've said and I've talked about this issue a lot. And I've been on the record with a lot of things that I've said. So it's out there in the public domain. And if you want to check it out and you have questions, you can hit me up. I can direct you 
so you don't have to take anything I say now out of context. So Cecile Richards, former head of Planned Parenthood, was making nearly a million dollars before her retirement or before she stepped away. Now, she has spent pretty much an entire lifetime promoting abortion and women's rights, and she continues to do so. She's 66. I believe her mother was uh, Ma Richards, the governor of Texas, before George W. Bush beat her out and became the governor of Texas. And so she comes from a long line of Democrats. Well, most recently, she came out, at least what I read in an article, was that she was diagnosed with an incurable brain cancer in which the median survival rate is 15 months, and she is about six months in. So she has about nine months or so if you go by the statistics. It's glioblastoma. And um, she gets treatment twice weekly, and she's going through some clinical trials. And she says, quote, I mean, it's like, what do I got to do to stay alive? I'm good with it. So she's come to terms with, I guess, what she's enduring. And it comes to terms with the fact that the end is probably near. And she's kind of reconciled herself to that. But she's going to continue on her cause of promoting abortions and promoting Planned Parenthood and all that. She wrote one time, or I guess in this article, that she was happy that the doctors and the nurses were taking care of her, were helping her, making her feel comfortable, which makes me think of all those babies that would have loved to have had a doctor or a nurse or somebody take care of them, make them feel comfortable and not kill them. But it's hard to have empathy and sympathy for someone who has spent a lifetime encouraging the death of innocent babies. Now, there's two approaches that I've heard in a very limited, limited context. It's not scientific or anything, but two, two approaches I've heard. One is a worldview, and that is Richards is a cold, heartless, evil person. Karma is a bitch, and she deserves this because she's advocated for the killing of millions of innocent lives, so she deserves it. Facing death herself, she is still trying to promote and advance the killing of innocent babies, so hopefully she dies soon. So that's some sediment of people that would take on a worldly view. I would call it a worldly view. Angry and yet happy, I guess. Justified in those feelings. I guess if you feel okay in those justifications, I would say they're wrong in, in having that feeling. And thinking about that, because even Cecile Richards' life means something. And then there's the Christ-like approach. Just like in TikTok, we have to identify. If we identify in Christ, instead of identifying in a cause, our view is going to be different. So the Christ-like approach might be no one is deserving of cancer. And we all know people with cancer. I mean, I can know people on social media that I don't know personally. I only know through the social media platform. and. They're announcing, you know, they're going through chemo. They've got pictures of chemo. It all hits home to us. So the Christ-like approach is no one deserves cancer regardless of what they've done. More importantly, there is still time for Cecile Richards 
to, as I say, repent and seek forgiveness from God because she still has a chance to turn her life around, commit it to Christ, be forgiven of a lifetime of promoting death to children, and she still has a chance to enter eternity in heaven if she accepts Christ. We all have. And again, you can take Cecile Richard's name out and you can put your name in, anybody's name in. We're all in the same boat. What she has done with her life is no more no more worse than what I've done, what, what other people have done. And we'll get to this as we carry on with the conversation. Okay? So she still has an opportunity. If she doesn't, the reality is she will face a long, dark, and tormented eternity in quite probably the deepest, darkest reaches of hell. Now, how can you say that? Because it's in the Bible, and that's what I believe. But again, there's still hope for her as long as she is alive, and as Christians, we should be praying for her, that she will come to salvation before she dies. Now, a lot of people like to turn to the Bible and say, you know, this person did that, and this person did that, and there's a lot of bad things that people have done in the Bible. Absolutely. I mean, take a look at the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not kill. People, if we were to classify and maybe grade or put on a hierarchy crimes and sins, if you want to call it that, killing would be probably top. Thou shalt not kill. Then you have thou shalt not steal. But then you have, what about lying? What about coveting, desiring something and wanting something that belongs to somebody else? What about taking God's name in vain, putting other things before God? It's all the same. We like to put degrees on sin, but in God's eyes, sin is sin. And we all face the same judgment or salvation if we repent. Saul, before he became the Apostle Paul, he killed Christians. Peter denied Jesus three times, but was forgiven. David slept with Bathsheba and had her husband killed at the front lines of battle. His sin was pointed out and he repented. All these three things, what they have in common is redemption. So you could put my name in there. I've done things deserving hell, but I've been redeemed. I've done things that have been bad, that have gone against biblical principles, but I've been redeemed because I have given my life over to Christ. And that's what these examples are full, or for, I should say. The Bible is full of examples, and these examples are for that redemption, showing us that God can redeem us, any of us that have fallen. And if we are sincere about it, and if we want to truly give our life to Christ, he can do it for Cecile Richards, for you, for me. Now, how does that happen? Here's Alistair Begg talking about the man on the middle cross. If you were to die tonight and, and, and you were getting entry into heaven, what would you say? If you answer that, and if I answer it in the first person, we've immediately gone wrong. Because I... Because I believed, 
because I have faith, because I am this, because I am continuing. Loved ones, the only proper answers in the third person, because he, because he. Think about the thief on the cross. And what an immense, I I can't wait to find that fellow one day to ask him, how did that shake out for you? Because you were, you were, you were, you were cussing the guy out with your friend. You've never been in a Bible study. You never got baptized. You never, you didn't know a thing about church membership. And, and yet, and yet you made it. You made it. How did you make it? That's what the angel must have said. You know, like, what are you doing here? Well, I don't know. What, what do you mean you don't know? Well, because I, I don't know. Well, you know, we, uh, did you, excuse me, let me get my supervisor. They go get the supervisor, Ranger. So we have just a few questions for you. First of all, are you are you are you are you clear on the doctrine of justification by faith? <laughs> the guy said, "I never heard of it in my life." And and what about? Let's just go to the doctrine of scripture immediately. This guy's just staring. And eventually, in frustration, he says, "On on what basis are you here?" And he said, "The man on the middle cross said, I can come." <laughs> now, now that's the. That is the only answer. See, that's the only answer because eternity in heaven is only through Jesus, the man on the middle cross. He came to die for us, to take the punishment of sin upon his shoulders so that we don't have to face that punishment. And if we truly accept and believe in him, and the whole point of the thief on the cross is this. You had two people hanging on the cross with Jesus. One turned to Jesus and said, Lord, remember me this day. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. All he could do was believe. He couldn't do anything else. And his he's hang, hanging on a cross. Obviously, he did something wrong, and the Romans were crucifying him. The other thief, unfortunately, mocked Jesus. He's not in heaven. So Jesus took our punishment. So it doesn't matter what we've done. If we truly want to repent, if we truly want to be sorry for what we've done and turn our lives over to Christ, we can be forgiven because the man on the middle cross says we can go. The Bible says that at some point in time, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Now, you might not believe that at this time, and that is your choice. I'm just sharing with you what I believe. I'm not going to force it upon you, but I want to share with you so that you know, and perhaps you might think about it, but it doesn't matter what we've done. Kat Von D, she recently won a lawsuit, I guess, about uh, copyright for a tattoo, but she was somebody that was big into tattoos and was, I guess, in the occult, witchcraft, things of darkness. And she has given her life to Christ. She's been baptized, goes to church, starting to cover up her tattoos. People ask her why. It's because God touched her heart. See, we can't do anything. We can't change. We can't change unless God changes us. Lee Strobel. If you don't know who Lee Strobel was, he's a uh, prominent speaker now, um, a Christian, 
turned his life to Christ a while ago. He's written many books. There's a movie out after one of his main books, The Case for Christ. We wrote The Case for Christ, and then there's been a movie out. But basically, The Case for Christ was this. His wife became a Christian, and so Lee Strobel, an atheist, went out. He was an investigative reporter for Chicago newspapers, and he went out, and he wanted to prove or disprove the existence of God. So he talked to scholars. He talked to um, anybody and everybody that he could about experts, you know, theologians, uh, academia, you know, all that stuff. He talked to everybody and did an in-depth deep dive, as they say, into did Christ or did Jesus exist? Is he real? And sure enough, he found Jesus of the Bible to be true and real and that this faith that his wife had was real. And this is what he says. He says, God changed my values, my character my morality, my worldview, my philosophy, my attitudes, my marriage, my parenting, my relationships. He goes on to say, I never could have anticipated what God would do, and so I give him all the glory. And so here, an atheist begins investigating the biblical claims about Jesus after his wife's conversion, and at the age of 29, he comes to the conclusion that Jesus is real, And then he goes on to accept this belief that his wife had. And then God changes him. And everything is God changed my values. God changed my character. God changed my morality. God changed my worldview and so on. Philosophy, attitudes, marriage. So here again, if we're going to bring it back to what we're talking about, whether it's a Cecile Richards that believes in abortion And how sad is it going to be one day if she doesn't repent that she's going to be standing before God and have to ask, uh, uh, have to atone for or answer the question? Could you imagine God's answer? Why did you kill my creation? She has to answer to why she promoted the death of God's creation, us, babies, made in the image of God. I mean, that's going to be pretty powerful. And not that God's vindictive, He will judge. But if he's not, that he's vindictive. But imagine a vindictive God then having every single baby that was aborted standing behind him in the masses. And she has to stand there before all of them and answer why she promoted the death of all of them. Now, again, what Cecile Richards has done in life is no different as far as me. You know, we like to categorize sin and prioritize as one worse than the other, but lying could be the same thing. What if you put all the people that you've lied to and God asked you, why did you lie to all these people? It'd be the same thing. Or why did you steal? Or why did you do whatever it is you did to all these people? And you have to answer for it. Now, God doesn't act that way. And we have an out. Again, that's repentance, asking God for forgiveness, asking Jesus to come into our lives. And by faith, believing. That faith, the justification of faith that was in that little clip by Alistair Begg, it's basically just understanding that by faith we are saved through the grace of God. It's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can do. Just like Lee Strobel said, God changed everything. My attitude, my philosophies, my marriage, my parenting, my values, my character. God changed it all. Lee Strobel couldn't do nothing. God's changed mine. I couldn't do nothing. God changed Kat Von D. She couldn't do nothing. She can, he can change Cecile Richards. 
But the only thing we can do is, one, listen when that calling comes, and two, accept when that calling is given. And a rejection of that is pretty bad because it means that you rejected God and you're going to spend all eternity in damnation. And then you talk about legacy. All these people on social media, on TikTok, you know, they're having issues because the music is gone and the, the rights, you know, the dispute. And so there's no music and all their posts are muted and they're starting to think about the legacy and what their legacy is going to be like. But what about Richards? Cecile Richards, when she dies, when you die, when I die, what's our legacy going to be? Her legacy is going to be one that was celebrated as an advocate for killing more people than Adolf Hitler, if you think about that. Billions upon billions of people aborted. She was the, uh, the promoter for killing of defenseless babies. And the argument, I think, has diminished a lot with technology because you can literally see 3D imaging on a sonogram. It's no longer that grainy one-view thing where maybe you see a little peanut-type-looking thing. Now you're starting to see 3D imaging of babies moving around in the womb. So this idea that the fetus is not a human with the advancement of technology is starting to be defeated because you can see everything, eyes, nose, fingers, moving around, sucking its thumb. Whatever the baby's doing, you can see it in 3D imagery. And so, yes, that is human. Yes, that is a creation of God. Cecile Richards will be known as the person who had the most influence over an organization that not only killed babies, but also did some pretty nefarious and horrific things with body parts and stuff, which was evident in some cases, those heinous business dealings that were brought to life in the Project Veritas videos. I mean, that's pretty sad and horrific. Her legacy might still be that way. But again, there's still time for her. There's still time for her to turn from her ways. There's time for you. There's time for me, for all of us. As long as we are still breathing, God is knocking at the door, wanting all of us. You look at Galatians 5. It talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. When you accept Christ into your life, the Holy Spirit is on you. And this is the fruit. These are the actions. These are the results of your life, what they're going to be like to others. You're going to show love to others. You're going to show joy in your life. When your TikTok videos go down because the sound is muted because they remove the songs, Yes, it could be devastating and sad, but there's going to be joy still because you know that God is in control and that your identity is in Christ and not in TikTok. You can have a peace, a peace that passes all understanding. You know, Cecile Richards says she's kind of, you know, made her peace about where she's at in life with her cancer, but she's going to fight on and press on. And that's good. That's encouraging. But have the peace that passes all understanding. That's hard to come by. It's hard to fathom really if you're not a believer how can you have peace knowing that you're going to die knowing that you're going to spend all eternity in heaven gives us the peace that passes all understanding we have patience in this world we can sure use a lot of patience in this world gentleness one toward another 
about just showing kindness. We've talked about kindness many times on the show, random act of kindness, you know, but just, just kindness, being a kind person and not even doing acts of kindness, but just, it just oozes out of you. Kindness, love, patience, goodness, goodness probably can't even be defined. You ask people what goodness is, they probably can't define it. You know, the act of being good. What is that? Well, you have to probably have some sort of set of standards. Standards could be 10 commandments. Standards could be maybe judging yourself by the fruit of the spirit. Because the flip side of the fruit of the spirit is acts of the flesh. And that's impurity, sexual immorality, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, which Kat Von D knew a lot about. But then she answered God's knock on the door of her heart and she's done away with that. And now she exudes fruits of the spirit. What about hatred and discord, arguing amongst each other, jealousy and rage, selfish ambition. Could that not be what women's rights are kind of about? Selfish ambition, the right of a woman to choose over the baby. That's kind of selfish ambition, let alone killing. Envy, drunkenness, orgies. For the world, a lot of this sounds like fun and a good time. But for all eternity, if you're going to focus on that for the brief time you're here on earth, everybody who gets old in life and is able to make it to an older age says life goes by fast. When you're younger, you don't believe it. But when you get older, you're like, wow, life flies by. Are you going to spend your time investing in things of the world that lead to destruction? Or are you going to spend time doing things that lead to eternity in heaven? Now, we're all going to fall short. We're all going to engage in anger, hatred, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, envy, impurity, probably even idolatry to some point. You know, maybe not witchcraft. It just kind of depends, you know, but we're all going to do these things. But, you know, John MacArthur once said that, you know, if you really want to focus on something, like, how do you know? People say, how do you know? Okay, if we fall, we're going to have all these things, you know, hatred, jealousy, fits of rage, lying, all the stuff that falls short of the glory of God. But how do I know I'm doing it right? Well, if you are moving towards Christ, if you're moving towards God, if you're moving towards the cross, even though you may stumble, like Saul killing Christians, became Apostle Paul, the foundation, the cornerstone. David sleeping with Bathsheba and killing off the husband in the front line of battle. But then he was a man after God's own heart. It's about redemption. As long as you're moving forward, moving forward, moving forward toward the cross, sure, you stumble. Just like baseball, I like to use baseball. You get out, doesn't mean you failed. You get back up. Next, next plate appearance, you get a hit. You fall down, ask forgiveness, God forgives, and you keep moving towards him, keep moving towards the cross. So again, I would ask, you know, what's your identity and which attributes would you like to have your life exhibit? And if you can't do it and you don't think you can do it, that's okay because Lee Strobel couldn't do it either. I couldn't do it. Nobody could do it. Lee Strobel, God changed my values. God changed my character, my morality, my worldview, 
my philosophy, my attitudes, my marriage, my parenting, my relationship. I never could have anticipated what God would do. And so I give him all the glory. You can't anticipate everything God is going to do for you, not only for yourself, but maybe for the people around you. You know, we're talking about bringing out the inner greatness. And that's really what it's about if you want to get down to the nuts and bolts of what I talk about is allowing God into your life because he can provide you with the ultimate of greatness. Life isn't going to be rosy. That's why we talk about having to overcome obstacles in our life because we are going to overcome and we are going to have to overcome those obstacles in our life because they're just going to come that way. We lose our job for whatever reason. The economy is bad. Company goes out of business. Radio format goes from English to Spanish and you're not bilingual. Whatever. Things out of our control. We have to overcome. We're living the life of Christ. Something happens. We fail. We get back up. Seek forgiveness. Overcome. Move on. It's kind of the same thing. There's kind of a parallel there between the two of bringing out our inner greatness, raising the standard so we can take our passion and make it happen. And God is one way by following him that doors can open so that we can follow our passion. You know, ever since uh, Roe v. Wade, I guess, was overturned here uh, not too long ago, you know, there's been all kinds of outrage. In fact, they're still trying to come up with ways the Democratic Party to make abortion like a big deal for the election. And it's all about women's rights, again, selfish ambition, perhaps. And, you know, the rights of the child obviously doesn't matter. Women's rights, not the rights of a female little girl inside the womb. But anyways, since Roe v. Wade was overturned, a new analysis suggests about 32,000 more babies are being born annually in the U.S. 32,000. Let's just say it's been two years. That's 64,000 lives that have been saved, that have been brought into this world. And people are... uh, I mean, that's a great thing. People are actually like protesting over that or they're disgusted by that. 32,000 babies more are born every year. That's a glorious thing. And yet people are upset about that. They're mad. 32,000 lives have been spared. And yet people are upset. The report suggests that the number of births rose 2.3% on average in states where abortions were banned compared to states where it stayed legal. How is that a bad thing? Of course, people will spin it as a negative. Women aged 20 to 24, most effective. Births rising 3.3%, according to the report. Uh, Women 25 to 29 and 30 to 44, they increased 2.8% and 2% respectively. Among Hispanic women, births rose nearly 5%, while white and black women saw birth rises of 3% for white and nearly 4% for black women. I mean, lives are being spared. That's a good thing. I mean, Cecile Richards is facing death with a brain tumor, inoperable. Do you think if someone came along and said, you know what, we've got a cure for this 
inoperable, this incurable brain cancer that you have, we have a cure for it. Don't you think you should grab onto that and say, yes, I'm all in. I'm only 66. I've got plenty of life ahead of me. So yes, I want to be a part of this cure. Babies, there's nothing they can do. But here, because some states have banned abortion, and it's not complete outright ban. There might be one or two, but a lot of it, there's you know some sort of standard, 12 weeks, 6 weeks, 24 weeks, whatever. But 32,000 a year are being spared. That is a resource. That is a tool. That's like curing brain cancer for Cecile Richards, letting her live longer. These babies are getting to live longer and live outside the womb. And we don't know what these lives are going to do. These babies that were once slated for abortion that are now being spared and being born, we don't know what kind of impact they're going to have. Maybe one of them does cure cancer. Maybe one of them that survived the abortion procedure that was born, maybe they're the one that's going to cure cancer that Cecile Richards has. Now, it might be too late for Cecile Richards, but down the road. We don't know. But this is good news, and yet people are going to fret over it. They're going to be upset that babies are being born because women are forced into having their pregnancies go the full distance and give birth. But you know what it is? It's these women choosing life, whether they others want to admit it or not. These women are choosing life over death, and that's a good thing. There's also a, um, a push to repeal the FACE Act. If you don't know what the FACE Act is, it's a federal law designed to protect access to abortion facilities. It was also included for protections of churches and other places. So again, you can't hinder people from going into abortion clinics. You can't hinder people from going into churches, although the Department of Justice does go after people of a religious nature, of a a religious belief. According to this, President Biden's weaponized Department of Justice has used the FACE Act to legally harass peaceful pro-life activists while simultaneously stonewalling uh, stonewalling good faith efforts by members of Congress to conduct even elementary oversight of the law. We all heard time and time again, over and over again, that peaceful protesting is good. Did we not? Are you going to deny that? Peaceful protesting is good. Even though CNN is showing the building ablaze, peaceful protesting is good. But according to the Department of Justice, if you're pro-life and you're a peaceful protester, you're an activist, and you're getting arrested for that. Last year, which I'm assuming is 2023, now that went to 2024, the FACE Act made national news when pro-life Pro-life activist Mark Hauk was arrested by dozens of FBI agents citing the FACE Act in relation to a pushing incident outside of an abortion facility. After deliberating for less than an hour, a jury would find Mr. Hauk innocent. Shocking. Most recently, several members of the left-wing organization Progressive Anti-Abortion Uprising were found guilty of violating FACE following a peaceful protest at a Washington, D.C. abortion provider.
It's kind of interesting that a left-wing, I guess I missed that the first time I read it, a left-wing organization or members of it were found guilty of violating face following a peaceful protest at a Washington, D.C. abortion provider. Why would a left-wing group be? But again, peaceful protest. We do have a right to peaceful protest. It's in the Bill of Rights. It's our constitutional right. Freedom of assembly, freedom to peaceful protest, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of the press. So they want to um, repeal this thing because the Department of Justice is weaponized and they're using this to just go after people. And apparently it doesn't matter, just whoever they want to. Uh, Some background information. The FACE Act is a federal law designed to protect access to abortion facilities. While FACE also includes protection for churches, there's also, according to some people, duplicate uh, duplicative of other federal and state laws. That means they're duplicate. Um, And some of those laws have never been forced. So apparently there's a lot of ambiguity. There's a lot of problems with it. Let's just go with that. Uh, Prior to this year, the FACE Act has never been used to indict individuals related to an attack on a pro-life pregnancy center. There's been many of those. And and it has still never been used by the federal government to protect a house of worship. Since the Dobbs decision, not only have we had 32,000 births per year added, at least 357 Catholic churches have been attacked. And the Biden administration has opened zero FACE Act cases in response. So again, they want to repeal this because it's one-sided and it's going after the pro-life thing, the pro-life crowd. But what comes down to this, there's a lot of issues going on in this world, whether it's something like social media. To some people, that might not be a big deal. To others, it's a very big deal. Cecile Richards or any number of other people facing cancer, their legacy, what they're going to do with their life for the remainder of their time. The fact that someone like Cecile Richards has spent an entire lifetime promoting abortion, promoting the death of innocence. Little ones that couldn't defend themselves. And then you have, because of a Supreme Court decision, 32,000 more babies being born per year. That's a good thing, and yet others are upset about that. Whether it's the Department of Justice weaponized against religious-going people and not against the criminal element. And we've seen that during the riots. We've seen that with 357 Catholic churches being attacked. We've seen that with political enemies. There is only one person, one entity, that can really save us. And that is God, a belief in Jesus so that we know that life here on earth, first of all, life is precious, no matter what life it is, it's precious. We're all made in the image of God. We all have some value and worth. Some of us may choose to ignore that and act accordingly, whether it's school shootings, whether it's abortion, whether it's whatever, abusive parenting, domestic violence. Some people disregard the value of life, which is sad. 
There's a lot of people out there that don't have a set of standards by which they live their lives. Set of standards could be biblical principles. It could be the Ten Commandments. It could be a code, like maybe the military. God, country, core. Maybe it's something else you came up with. Maybe it's climate change. Maybe it's another type of religion. Whatever it is. But everything is going to be fallible. Everything is going to fail. The only thing that's going to last forever is salvation through Jesus, the man on the middle cross. The man on the middle cross died for you and me. He took the weight of the world, the punishment for you and I. And all we have to do is believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Now, many people will reject that. Many people will accept that. It's completely up to you. It's your choice. It's your decision. All I want to do is share it with you. Share with you what I believe. Just like I share with you other thoughts and opinions on things. Like my opinion on TikTok doesn't affect me. Social media is a fleeting thing. A lot of people put way too much importance on it. It's dangerous. In fact, there's a story that we might talk about next time that has to deal with the pedophilia connection to social media and how there's been unredacted reports released about pedophilia connected to social media. However, on the flip side, there's some good things to it. So again, when it comes to social media, and we've talked about it a lot here before, I'll give you my opinions. You decide what you want to do. You do social media, yay. You want, I would never put kids on social media ever. You want to do it? That's your, that's your prerogative. That's your choice. I would never do it. But that's your choice. Okay, that type of thing. Same thing with religious beliefs. If you want to believe it, that's great. If you don't, that's fine too. It's up to you. But just know that in sharing with you, I just want you to be aware of it because I would rather have you in heaven in all eternity rather than spending all eternity in eternal damnation. And again, there's a concern there, a care, a brotherly love, if you will, to share that with you. You know, you might get those people that knock on the door, whether it be Jehovah's Witness or the Mormons, you know. Uh, to them, it might be, you know, something they have to do. But they want to share with you out of the goodness of your hearts. As we go diving back behind the couches to avoid contact with them, as we give them fake numbers and tell them that we'll be home at a time when we're not. But they have a genuine care to share their faith. And so I applaud them for that. I just don't agree with their philosophy, their theology. Just like maybe Cecile Richards wants to share her fervent belief in killing of the unborn. Completely disagree with that. But that's what she wants to do. That's her choice. If you want to choose to accept Christ, that's your choice. But all the things of this earth, climate change, we talked about it recently, 41 predictions, end of the world type stuff, none of them came true. Because man is not in control, God is. 
TikTok goes nuts. People whose identity is in TikTok goes crazy, cries, upset, anxiety, frustration. Those identity in Christ probably like, dude, this sucks. But it's not the end all to the end all. For those of us that might not have any hope, we just talked about homeless vets on our last episode. A lot of those homeless vets have mental health. And it gets frustrating when you're dealing with vets. It's frustrating when you're dealing with homeless vets, people that have been mistreated, even though they went overseas and gave their lives so that you and I can have the freedoms we have today. And we see how they're treated. It gets tough. When we see unborn babies being killed, it's tough. But the one answer, the one great hope, the one salvation is Jesus. And all this stuff, God's in control. And when we know God's in control, then we don't have to, we still want to do our part, but let's just say we know God's in control and that takes the burden off of us. We just allow God to work and use us how he sees fit. And then we either choose to accept him or we don't. This is Two Steps Head Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. Our website, RadioWarp.com, Radio, W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. Click on the Two Steps Head Podcast logo. All of our shows pop up in video form. You can click the video and watch each episode, or you can click the video and it can link you to our Rumble page. Also, there's an orange banner that goes across the center, kind of, of the page. If you click on that, it will take you to our SoundCloud account, which is the audio version, which you can download and take with you on the go. You can also listen to the show anywhere you listen to podcasts, or you can just do an internet search of TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, and we pop up. Our social media is TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, Instagram and Facebook. And then uh, my personal is Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S, if you want to check out some more personal things of me. And then uh, our email, reach out for whatever reason. It's TWO. Uh, two steps ahead podcast at gmail.com. Two steps ahead podcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and reach out for anything and I will uh, get back to you. But whatever we do in life, just know that we're going to be here for a short amount of time. And then the next question is what happens next? If you believe there's an afterlife, what is that belief? If you believe in heaven and hell, what constitutes someone going to heaven? someone going to hell? How do we want to live our lives here on earth? Do we want to take our passion and make it happen? Do we want to bring out our inner greatness? Do we want to raise the standards so those around us come with us? Or do we want to tear it down? It's all choices that we get to make. It's all choices that, frankly, we have to make because we can't just sit on the sidelines because otherwise we're just wasting our lives. But it's up to you, up to you to decide. Two Steps Ahead Podcast. I'm Son Edom. Hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.